He is risen. Oh, that was much better. Very good. Uh, I, I got up this morning. I was uh, on the way here, and I have a playlist that's simply called Best. And uh, for me, it's all like the best songs. Well, for me anyway. You guys might listen to it and say, yeah, those aren't the best songs. Um, but for me it is. And so I always wonder sometimes, you know, which one? It's hard to pick one, right? When you get a list of your favorite songs, it's hard to pick one. So I just hit shuffle this morning. And I said, okay, Lord, it's up to you. Which song do we get to listen to on the way in? And, uh, and some of you might be familiar with the song by David Crowder, uh, uh, You Are My Joy. And uh, you may not be. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs by him. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs. It's especially good loud. So go listen to it, and you're like, yeah, that's good. But then listen to it again and turn it up. Um, it sounds even better. And so if anyone saw me coming down the bypass this morning, uh, I was nice and loud with it. Because Jesus is our joy. And I know for me that when I think about his resurrection, that's the biggest thing is he's my joy. And he's my joy. And he's my joy. So I was really worried about being able to preach this morning because I was singing so loud. Um, but God's taking care of that. So um, it's good stuff. Was that an amen that I might not be able to preach? Was that? Okay, good. Chris didn't want to have to step up. Here's my notes, Chris. Come on. We've spent the last month preparing for this day. And now we are here. And we say, he is risen. Come on. Wake up. He is risen. There we go. We're preparing for it all month. Uh, we've been looking at the week that Jesus spent coming through, uh, coming up to this day, and we're going to look at today. We're going to look what happened on Sunday. Uh, we spent four weeks ago, we looked at Monday, and we looked at Jesus in the temple, and uh, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And we talked about the reality that we are his temple. This building is not his temple. This is not the church until we are gathered here as the church. This is just a building. We are his temple. And when we spend time in prayer, we are his houses of prayer. And we need to be spending in time recognizing that we are his temple and that we need to pray. Tuesday, we talked about the fact that Tuesday was a full day of ministry for Jesus. Uh, that this day was intentional. That he was teaching intentionally. That he was going back and forth with the religious leaders intentionally. That he was being about his father's business. It was a very full day for him. Wednesday, we talked about the reality that it's called Spy Wednesday because of Judas and Judas coming and betraying Jesus. We also talked about that it was called Silent Wednesday because as was his practice, if we look at the pattern of his ministry, the most likely after a day like Tuesday, he spent time in solitude and quietness and spent time with his father. And then especially as he's preparing for ministry, he often spent time in prayer preparing for it, and now he is preparing for what's going to come on Thursday and what's going to come on Friday. Last week we looked at Thursday, and Jesus in the upper room with his disciples, and having that last meal and describing communion, and doing this in remembrance of me. And we took time ourselves and celebrated in remembrance of, and participated in communion together. We also talked about the fact that Jesus came to serve. And that's all about Jesus and his kingdom. Friday, if you had the chance, we had, were set up here Friday evening, and we had different stations, scenes, that you could walk through and see the things that took place on Friday, what Jesus experienced. All the way up to what we had then was a closed tomb through the, or through the crucifixion 
and then Jesus being laid in the tomb and Jesus being dead. Today we get to come and celebrate on Sunday though because Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. He is risen. Much better. You guys are doing great. So we're going to look into Luke chapter 24 today. And normally, a lot of times, we look at the first uh, 12 verses there in chapter 24. But instead, we're going to look at chapter 13 because it says, Now that same day, so we know that it was still, this is still Sunday, and we're going to talk about Sunday. So if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 24, and I'm going to invite you to, to stand. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 35, the story of the gentleman on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Father, we thank you for this piece of history that we find here in your word, these events that took place, and we thank you for them. Father, as we look at this section of your word today, open our hearts and allow us to receive the message that you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. 
So we have these, these guys that are walking this road seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. We don't know how, uh, we don't know if this is their home necessarily or if it's just where they were going for this day, but they're on this road seven miles. And uh, I think about seven miles, uh, how long this actually is. Uh, I think if you, if you could walk it on a straight trail path for seven miles, it's pretty straight, and you're walking at a pretty good clip, maybe three and a half miles an hour, might take you about two hours to do it. Anyone think they could do that, seven miles in two hours? That'd be walking pretty good to do that. Um, Some people that enjoy running can do it faster, right? Fun run, right? But they're going to say, now I've done seven miles on trails that were like this and up and down, and it took me a lot longer than two hours. But here they are spending their time walking, and they're talking about all that's happening, and Jesus shows up. There's three things that I'd like us to look at this morning that come out of this piece of history. The first one is this, life can be tough and hard to understand. Life can be tough and hard to understand. These guys are really struggling with what has happened over the past few days. Um... And Jesus shows up, and they don't recognize him. And he's essentially saying, what's up? What's going on? What you talking about? You ever interrupted a conversation like that? You ever interrupted a conversation with your kids, and you know what was going on already when you asked them? Yeah? He already knew what they were talking about. It wasn't a surprise to him, but he's wanting to show them something. He's wanting to teach them something. So they explain to Jesus about what he just went through. Except they don't realize it's him. They talk about the arrest. They talk about the crucifixion. They talk about now the empty tomb. They, taught, they, they talked about how they thought Jesus was going to establish his kingdom and become king. And it hasn't happened. They are confused. And life is hard. And they don't get it. You can understand that from their perspective and what they thought was going to happen, and now it didn't. Jesus is dead. Why they would be so confused. Events come. Events happen. And we always don't understand why they happen. Uh, We look back at this past year. Has anyone felt that way at all this past year? Maybe just a little bit? It's been crazy to think about all that's happened in the past year. It can be very confusing. It can be very hard. Although even with that, there's good that has come out too. I mean, there's, there's and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, it's all our own different perspectives, right? I read an article about uh, this person who was writing. It was kind of, you know, it was a fictitious article, but they were imagining what it might be 10 years from now. Um, 10 years from now, they're writing that here's this a freshman in college who's 18 years old, and they've been given this assignment to write about the year 2020 and what they experienced, okay? So this person, this time, would be eight years old. So do you know an eight-year-old right now? Can you think of an eight-year-old? Imagine 10 years from now, they're 18, they're in college, and their professor has asked them to write a paper or write a story about the year 2020 and what they experienced, In addition to this assignment, they also must interview one of their parents and get their parents' perspective on the year 2020 as well and write that out and share it. So uh, this one guy goes to his mom and sits down with her and says, Mom, will you explain 2020 to me and what it was like and how that experience? And and mom starts going on and on about how, oh, just how hard it was, how tough it was, how you were just cooped up in the house all the time and you didn't get to go out and, and, and the grocery stores, you know, 
you, you were kind of nervous to go there and the restaurants were closed and if you wanted Chick-fil-A, you had to get it and then eat it in your car. You couldn't go sit in the restaurant and, you know, all of these different things and how just difficult it was and there was no school. So you had that added thing too. You guys were home all the time and just all negative after negative, negative how difficult 2020 was, how confusing it was. So they wrap up the conversation, and the, the son says, I think I've got everything I need. And the mom says, well, have you written your part of this paper yet? And he says, well, actually, I have. And, and she says, well, can I read it? And he says, sure. So he hands it to her to read, and it starts talking about how much fun 2020 was because they got to be home with their family more than they had, that they had had more meals together than they had had, that they got to play games in the backyard for the first time instead of running in all kinds of different directions, how they got to build forts in the living room and stay up late watching movies in their forts all evening and all of these good things about being together in the year 2020. We have a lot of different things that go on and we don't always understand the good or the bad or what's happening because it can be very confusing. And I think that's exactly where these guys are at this point. They're very confused because when they look back at the past year, they were expecting a different result. And that isn't always how it happens. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says this. We can get that up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 4.4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Life is hard. Life is confusing. Especially for those that don't know Jesus, it's even harder. Why? Because they are blinded. If you think life is hard and confusing for those of us that follow Jesus, imagine those that don't know Jesus. How much more it's hard. How much harder it is. How much more confusing it is. Why? Because they are blinded. They don't know. They don't understand. They are blinded. Even for us, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 12, says, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will sh- shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Even now we don't see the whole picture of who God is and what a relationship with him means. We think we know. We think we get it all. But we don't get the whole thing. And I'll tell you this, for what I do understand even now, if I still don't know the whole thing, I get even more excited because to think about what else is there. How about you? This should be exciting. Jesus knows that life is hard. Jesus knows that life is confusing sometimes. And so it leads us to the second thing. Jesus wants to walk the road with us and reveal his truth to us. Verses 15, verses 25 through 27. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and and walked along with them. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus wants to walk the road with us and reveal truth to us. Again, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Could you imagine this conversation? Who would have liked to have been part of this conversation? I mean, he takes, he says, it says that he started from Moses and all the prophets. He explained all the scriptures that referred to him and what was going to happen. I, I would love to have been able to have been part of that conversation. And if we think seven miles, I don't know which part of this journey they were on when Jesus showed up. I, I would like to imagine that it was at the beginning of it. They had just started out, and he comes along and starts talking to them, and then spends the next, what, two and a half, three hours talking about this, explaining everything from Moses through the prophets about himself, except they don't realize it's about him. How cool of a conversation would that have been? I mean, these guys could have, pro could, <laughs> they could have taught the Old Testament better than probably anyone else after that conversation. Because they could have seen, they would have seen, they would have experienced all of that. This is what's so cool. Jesus wants to walk the road with us and he wants to reveal his truth to us. When we surrender to Jesus, he walks with us. He does that through his Holy Spirit because he gives his spirit to us. And he said, I, I must go. I must go so that I could send the Holy Spirit to you. John 14, 26 through 27 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to hold on to a hard life because Jesus is walking with us and Jesus is revealing his truth as we walk with him. James later in chapter one, verse five and six says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. God, God wants us to walk with him. God wants to reveal his truth to us. We have to be willing to take and receive it and listen and believe it. God's truth. When has God revealed his truth to you? Can you think of a moment in your life where you said, right there. God revealed his truth to me right there. I was eight years old, and I've shared this before. But I was eight years old, and I went to my mom, and I said, Mom, the devil and Jesus are fighting over me. What eight-year-old says that? Unless God is revealing his truth to you. When I was 17, I came to a point where I, know, where I, where I realized that it wasn't just about Jesus being my Savior, but it was about Jesus being my Lord. That is not something that I came with on my own. It was something that Jesus revealed to me because he reveals his truth. This day, we have a lot of people, Easter Sunday, we have a lot of people that come to church that, that might be just, this might be it for them for most of the year. I, I would say this, that it's not just about knowing Jesus as your Savior. It's, it's about knowing Jesus as your Lord and walking with him every single day.
And that takes us to the third point. Jesus reveals himself when we invite him in. Verse 28 through 31. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. Uh, If you look at the original language, it's actually saying he kind of pretended like he was going to keep going. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and they disappeared from their sight. Jesus revealed himself when they invited him in. When we invite Jesus in, Jesus reveals himself. When we ask him to come, he shows himself to us. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Writing to the church in Laodicea, he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This is written to the church. This is written to people that already believe in Jesus and have already been called sons and daughters and are considered the church. And they are saying, the church, I stand at the door and knock. A lot of times we take this and we apply it to unbelievers and say that they need Jesus is knocking on their heart, which I believe he's doing, but he's also knocking on our hearts each day saying, hey, invite me in. Each day we invite him in. Now this, this doesn't mean we pray for salvation every day, but each day we don't need to worry about if we're saved each day, but each day we need to make sure we're taking time to invite him in and spend time with him. That's when he reveals himself. That's when he shows us the truth. These guys, when they invite him in, they see the truth of who he is when they sit down and eat with him. Are we making sure we're taking time to sit down with him and eat with him and see the truth that he wants to show us? Here's the reality God is real. God is real, and God is love, and God is holy, and God created us to be with him. But our sins separate us from God. Because he is holy, our sins, which all of us have, separate us from him. These sins cannot be removed by good deeds. There's nothing that we can do to take away these sins. Paying the price for our sins, Jesus humbled himself. He came as a humble servant. He lived and he died and he rose again. Amen? And that's what we're celebrating this morning. That the tomb is empty, he rose again. Everyone who trusts in him has eternal life. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Have we done that? Have we asked Jesus to walk with us? We opened our heart to his truth. Do we invite him in? And this is the coolest part, is that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Invite him in. Invite him in. Every day we take time to invite him in. I I am so thankful that God has given us the opportunity to know him. I am so thankful that I had someone that shared with me who Jesus is so that I can have a life in him. 
Because when I stop and think about what my life would be like without Jesus, I don't even want to know because my brain can imagine where it would be. This life can be tough, it can be hard to understand, but Jesus wants to walk this road with us and reveal truth to us. And Jesus wants to reveal himself as we invite him in. He doesn't force himself on us. He makes himself available for us to invite him in. And when we invite him in, he comes in. I'm going to ask the music team to come. And we're going to close in a song. And as, we're, as they're coming, I want you to stop and think about where you're at. Maybe, you're, maybe you've never invited Jesus in. Today's an opportunity to do that. Maybe you say, I have invited Jesus in. I've asked him to be my savior, but I've never made him Lord. Maybe today you make him Lord of your life and you say every day, Father, I want to live for you. Every day I want to invite you in. Maybe you say, I've done that. He is my Lord and I walk with him every day. Have you taken time to thank him for who shared that with you? And ask, who does he have for you to share that with? There's a whole world out here that is blinded, that doesn't know, or they think they know, but they don't. And just like someone shared with you who Jesus is, there's someone out there waiting for you to share with them. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to pray. And as we sing, if God is speaking to you this morning, don't leave here today without responding to him. As we sing, the, the altars are open. If you need to come pray, come pray. If you need someone to pray with you, grab someone and pray with them. If you want to pray with one of our elders, one of our elders will be out these doors in our prayer room ready to pray with you. Don't go today if Jesus, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart without someone praying with you, without responding to him. Father, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you that you, you know life is hard. And you are not a God who is far off, but you are a God that is near. You are a God that is near the brokenhearted. And so thank you that when we invite you in, you desire to walk with us. You desire to reveal your truth. And we invite you in, you'll come. Father, wherever we're at today, help us to respond to you. Thank you, Jesus.